Jamie. And I'm Nikisha, and this is Talking Horror with Jamie. And Nikisha. Where we share our love for spooky things and talk horror through the lens of human behavior. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. (laughs) Today's going to be a fun day. We are talking about the 2005 American Southern Gothic supernatural (laughs) horror film, Skeleton Key. Carrie? Uh-huh. Dear me. You called me. I called you. For help. Don't you remember? Carrie's not herself right now. I'm Luke Marshall. Devereaux's lawyer. Hi, Jill Dupay. Her roommate. Oh, Jill. Yes, I did call you. I'm fiddlesticks. I don't know what possessed me. My new favorite thing is how Wikipedia describes these movies. And the fact that it had to put Southern Gothic supernatural horror is my favorite. I'm already invested. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Amazing. Yes. So this movie was directed by Ian Softley and written by Aaron Kruger. No relation to a one Freddy Krueger, I would hope. It stars Kate Hudson, Gina Rollins, John Hurt, Peter Skarsgård, and Joy Bryant. Now, obviously, so, heavy, heavy. I think I think he's Sars. I think he's Sarsgard, and the other ones are Skarsgard. Oh, right? You are absolutely correct. No, you're correct because there's no K oh. in this one. I I just saw that, and I think Skarsgard because that's yeah horror, and we do the thing. They're all a part of the family, <laughs> but he's not. Yeah, Sarsgard. Yeah. You're totally right, Peter Sarsgard. Sorry, um, I thought you were going to say something. <laughs> Oh no, no! I just think it's fascinating because, like, we have we because Bill Skarsgård we've talked about on this podcast. No, because we didn't do it. We've never done it on the podcast. We haven't done it. No, no. we haven't. We haven't. Wow. Dad, I'm trying to think. Was oh yeah, The Northman. Duh. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. Anyway, back to our regularly scheduled <laughs> talking horror. <laughs> So, obviously, heavy spoilers for Skeleton Key, even though this came out in 2005, so, like, get with the times, guys. Uh, But I will say this is my first time watching it all the way through, so this is going to be an interesting talk today. Wait, what is that? Sorry, what does that mean? You've never, like, did you not know the twist until this time? Or I knew the twist. I just mm. never watched it all the way through. Oh, okay. And I was like a Watch Mojo situation. Yes, but I also remember... Mm. Be it, it being on TV, and for some reason I had wa- – or maybe I was with my sister because she was the one who kind of got me into horror, and maybe she was watching it, and I saw it like some bits and pieces of it because she was watching it. Uh, but I did I did know the twist going into this. So mm-hmm. Thank you for clarifying. Oh, I was just curious. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, I said partly watch it, but that makes sense. Are there any uh, trigger warnings, Jamie, for this movie? Um, yes. Um, I mean, this movie is about the supernatural, specifically hoodoo. Um, I would, Mm -hmm. I would put that under a trigger warning. Um, there is also, um, some racist depictions as well as a lynching. So if that is unpleasant to you as it should be, then this might not be for you. Yes. Move on to, to something else. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. But this is a good this is a good one to talk about on on this podcast. Before we get into all the things, producer Brian, share your words with us. <laughs> your words of wisdom. <laughs> your words of wisdom. But you got to take yourself off mute first, so that. <laughs> Listen, this is my first podcast that I've ever recorded. I don't know how audio works. Uh, yes. Uh, follow. All I'm going to say is follow us on all the social media. Um, at Talk Horror Pod everywhere branding, am I right? Um, yeah. So we we are on 
Instagram. We are on Twitter. We are on TikTok. We're doing some fun things on TikTok. We're doing some rewatches, some watches for the first time. We do reviews of movies that we're not covering on this podcast. We do trailer reactions, all that fun stuff you can find on TikTok. And then if you hop over to our YouTube page, you can actually watch us talk about these movies. If you're here right now, hello. What's you up? can see the cool you can see the cool stuff we're wearing and the cool stuff we have in the background. Um, I'm not gonna <laughs> tell you because you gotta look at us on YouTube. Um, but uh yeah, talk horror pod. We're doing some fun things are over and around there. And then uh that's it. That's all I have. I'm gonna mute myself again uh, now. And- <laughs> I just want to say, but okay, Jamie, can, your shirt. What's happening? What is spicy water? Am I reading that correctly? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I actually. This is my. I made this. <laughs> this is my merch. Um, yes. I made this for my man. I haven't done it in a bit because you know the whole wedding thing. But mm-hmm. uh, I sometimes stream on Twitch. At Amiibo Jamie. Yes. Um, Amiibo spelled like an Amiibo, like, you know, that you would connect with your uh, Nintendo device. Um, Got and, it. you know, like, I mean, the terms and conditions of Twitch don't outright say that you can't talk about alcohol and, and things of the boozy variety. But, um, you know, I, I, I didn't want to get in trouble for any particular reason okay. when, uh, when beverages of, of the like were being consumed. So I referred to it as uh, spicy water. And then I made um, a design that now I'm wearing. I absolutely love that. And I'm going to be one of those shirts <laughs> just for that. Thank you. Appreciate it. Somebody pass me my spicy water. I need it. <laughs> Wonderful. I also love that. I think Brian, you have like a hint of yellow in on your shirt. Is it what yellow? Oh yeah, it's the it's it's Sam from oh, Trick yellow. or Treat. Oh, beautiful. Oh, now I see it. Okay, mm-hmm. I just saw, it and it looked like little moons or something. You know? Oh like, sure, different... it's my chakras. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but we all have little yellow. We got the memo today. Beautiful. Oh yeah, we're matching. Yes. Little matchies. Okay, well, let's get into everything that is the the skeleton key, why don't we? But we need a, a plot summary of it. What's the plot? <laughs> I think this – so, Nikisha, this is definitely you for two reasons. <laughs> the first reason is it's just your turn. Okay. The second reason is you ha- this is your first time watching it all the way through. So I feel like okay, you're going to okay, really okay. know the first half and then, like, just try to remember what the second half is. <laughs> Yeah, I got you. All right. All right, you ready? Yeah. I believe in you. Go. So first off, we're watching Kate Hudson not in a rom-com, so I just have to throw that out there. What is she doing in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's the opening. So then she's taking care of elderly people, mostly because it's kind of a trauma response because somewhere in the movie we find out that her father was going through something that was similar and she didn't take care of him because they didn't have a good relationship. So now she just wants to take care of all of the old people. But she hates how she's being, how the old people are being treated in her job. So she does uh, hospice care. And so she finds this place. This is set in Louisiana. And she finds this uh, older couple and she has to take care of them. Also, there's this creepy lawyer guy that's there because he's with their will or he, he deals with their will and the house and all that stuff. And so anyway, he's there for a reason. And so she's taking care of this old man. He's paralyzed. He can't talk. But she senses that he needs something, that he needs help because some he's, he's not being fully taken care of. And she One feels minute. like there's... Mm-hmm, Great, that there's uh, something missing in the full story. And so uh, old lady from The Notebook, so she's crawling around and and doing the things. And Kate realizes that, huh, I think this old lady is not taking care of her husband. So she's trying to get the husband and get him out. And she's also trying to get the lawyer to help. But to no avail, because the lawyer is in it as well, the, the old lady from The Notebook is into hoodoo. And what happened is that her and her brother, who actually, it's a, it's actually a um, two uh, black couples that used to be 
servants in this house, they did the hoodoo on the kids and got into the kids' bodies. And so now they got to get into all these other bodies. And so that's why they brought in Kate Hudson so that the woman could get into her body because the old man's already in the lawyer's body. And so they actually accomplished that. And that's the end of the movie. And it's not a happy ending. Kate Hudson is dead. (laughs) (laughs) That's the plot. Got it. Nailed it. Yes. For some reason, I totally was like, yeah, it's the the kids. The kids do the hoodoo. And it's like, no, bitch. The whole premise is that it's the slight, (laughs) like the servants that are doing the things. The hoodoo (laughs) that you do. Yes, exactly. The hoodoo that you do. That has been skeleton key from my first perspective. Uh, but of course, Wait, like, keep we going. I want to know. <laughs> you should start this off because it's the first time that you saw it all the way through. Great. So let's get into our first segment, which is likes and gripes. And now our likes and gripes. I don't know why I did that hand motion. Hey, YouTube. I guess it was. I did for it you. too. <laughs> Uh, beautiful. So I, even though I knew the twist ending and like we mentioned earlier, it's one of those watch mojo things and I've seen bits and pieces of this, but I, when I first started it, I couldn't remember. And then as the movie, I couldn't remember the twist. And then as the movie went along, I was like, Oh wait, no, I remember what the tea is. And I still enjoyed it. I, we talked about this in another podcast and Jamie was saying that she really liked uh, Prey because of the human behavior and good decision making. And I will say that throughout this whole time with Kate Hudson, like she was asking all the right questions and she would, when, when two and two didn't add up, she said, uh-uh, I need, I need answers now. So why is this this way and why is this that way? And that's what made me really, really like this movie because she was not playing oblivious to anything. She's like, okay, you said he had a stroke in the, in the attic, but there's like other things happening like in the attic, you know, it's like, or, or why did the other lady leave? I need to talk to the other person and see why they left taking care of this couple. And she's kind of like heeding the warnings that, that are happening. And even the old man that she's taking care of, he just gives her a look of help. And she's like, oh yeah, no, I know you're not safe. I got to get you out of here. Come on, let's go. Uh, so that made me really like it. I like that it was set in New Orleans. I'm a fan of any kind of horror that deals with kind of the voodoo, hoodoo moment. And we'll talk about sure. hoodoo because that was the first time I've ever heard that term before. I never heard of hoodoo until I watched this movie. So it's interesting how they described it as voodoo is the a religion, essentially, and then the hoodoo is like purely magic. So that's something that I was like, oh, I kind of want to invest more in just figuring out what the differences of those things are. Not to the detriment of me believing in it and the things happen to me because I believe in the things. Don't want that. Uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. This was a good time. I think that um, the the storyline was interesting enough uh, for me to keep up with it. I liked the acting um, my favorite line of the whole thing because they, the woman gets into Kate Hudson's body and she's like, Oh, I wanted a black one this time. And then the guy, the lawyer guy was like, well, the black ones never stay. And I'm like, you're damn right. Because we're out that bitch. We're not going to be there. (laughs) I I have a note about that. I I really want to talk about that. I'm just putting it (laughs) out there that like, that is also on my list of things to talk about. Absolutely. But and and I like that it wasn't a happy ending, you know. She tried to do everything that she could, and I feel like she made some um, good decisions that she could make in the moment of trying to save herself and and save this old man before she realized exactly what was happening. And I mean, she still got got, and that can be the reality of of things, you know. Not everything has a happy ending, and so I appreciated sure. that aspect of it. So I didn't really have a lot of gripes in this movie. It was a good time. I enjoyed it. I thought that the tension building was nice. Even though I knew what the ending was, it was still nice to see the through line of it all. Um, and yeah, it's nice to see Kate Hudson doing something different and not, you know, being that typical rom-com type of gal. So this was cool. Uh, Jamie, do you want to go next? 
Sure. Um, so I've seen this movie, I think, a few times. I don't really know why, um, but it... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Why did so I watch it's funny. This? <laughs> I, well, okay, because your <laughs> like I took the same takeaway from your like that perspective that you had earlier. Except I feel the opposite. This movie mm. bothers me, um, and it. annoys me. And the ending annoys me because I'm like, no, but you you were asking the right questions. Why wouldn't you like get the hell out of there? Like what, why did that then lead you to stay? And like the biggest flaw was because of her connection, like with her father, Mm -hmm. that she wasn't going to leave that guy. But it's like, he's not your father. Go get therapy and, and figure that out and stop. Like what, none of this is your business. Get the hell out of here. Get out. What are you doing? It (laughs) just like, it, it, it just didn't make sense to me. I just felt like, like, yes, of course I have all the same questions, but like, if you're asking these questions, then why are you still here? Why are you still handling this on your own? Like, at that point, I would be like, okay, I think that there is some kind of like abuse going on here. Yeah. I'm actually going to call in uh, adult protective services because like, mm. I think that you're abusing your, your husband. Um, and I would see my way out of that. Um, because like the further deep she goes, it's like, you have no idea what you're getting yourself into. Like the, the, I don't know if you think you have like a really big ego or just like, you're just so ignorant that you're like leaning into it. It just doesn't Mm. make sense to me. I just can't imagine a world where it's like, you are inserting yourself into this. And like, why do you think that you're, uh, that, I don't know. It just like, there's a disconnect for me between like the questions that she's asking. You Mm. think that that would be enough of a like, oh, I have to get out of here. Like, this is not yeah. for me. I will say that you, you saying, why is she inserting herself? And the one thing that she did do that a, a lot of people have seen doing this movie is super annoying is fucking walking into a house because somebody didn't answer the door when you knocked. Oh, I put that it's in like, my notes. Why? I totally put that in my notes. <clears throat> I, like, why? what type of, who raised you? Like, yeah. what? Why is that? That's not socially acceptable. Why are you walking into people's houses? That's a trope that doesn't make sense to me because I've never entered someone's house that was like half open. It's funny because I sometimes see doors that are like open or semi-open when I'm, when we're like walking Ted and Mm -hmm. I am just like, why is your house door open? Like it scares me and I want to walk more quickly past those. I literally saw that today on like walking Mm. Ted. Sure. And I was just like thinking like, I got to get away from that house. Something is wrong here. I find that to like, that is alarming to me. That's not an invitation to explore further for me. Absolutely. Um, So I don't understand that. Um, (laughs) But yeah, like that, that ultimately is my biggest gripe that I just don't, I don't believe her decision-making because of the questions that she's asking Um, Mm. and, and again, like not every movie has to have a happy ending, but like, it just, it, it really upsets me. Oh, another gripe that I have is that at least from the perspective that, um, that Mama Cecile secretly is saying about like the people that they've done this to before is that like, Mm. they've done it to people who are shitty and it's like people who are shitty, who deserve bad things to happen to them. But also like, I mean, they did this to children and maybe the children are crappy. I don't know. Um, But like, I mean, if the children are crappy, it's probably because their parents are crappy. So, Mm -hmm. but like, we don't have enough information to know if the children are actually crappy or if she's just full of shit and is trying to frame it in this way that like, yeah, these people got their comeuppance. But like- right. Mm -mm. Kate Hudson's character is not shitty. And that really bothers me about the end of this movie because I'm like, she just like, she just got got. And like, all she was trying to do was the right thing. And, and like, actually was like very sincere and passionate. Again, probably for misguided reasons because of, Mm -hmm. because of her relationship with her father and like needs therapy. But like, 
she wasn't a bad person. And, and it bothers me that like, she then becomes targeted, um, even though they framed, like, this feels like a rules thing. If you're setting Mm. an expectation that the rule is that you do this to shitty people, then you're breaking your own rules because she does not fit that description. And that, that like annoys me and like makes me feel uncomfortable because then it's like, oh, so there's no rhyme or reason to who you're targeting. It could literally be anyone. And that's Mm -hmm. what scares me more and like makes me uncomfortable because it's like, I can't, I can't protect myself. I can't like avoid this consequence by just being a good person because you might still think either your perspective is that I'm still a bad person or you actually are just like targeting whoever you want. And neither of those make me happy. (laughs) Yeah. But the difference with you though, it's like, it's what you said earlier to your point of like, if you were the one asking those questions, then you, Jamie, you would get the hell out of there. there. I would not have even been crying in front of a a mirror. I also don't know why. Oh my God. Why does she like think that that she's just ripping a random page? I like, I I do not (laughs) appreciate. It feels like she's co-opting things that just like aren't hers. And like, that also Mm. really bothers me about this movie. Mm -hmm. It's like, she's ripping a page out of this book and just like thinking it's going to serve her. And then it doesn't. And it's like, yeah, of course it doesn't. Because like, Mm. this isn't, this doesn't belong to you and not in like a, like, I don't know. There's something that feels really, that leaves a bad taste in my mouth that this white woman is coming into Mm -hmm. this community and this culture and, and like taking things that I feel like doesn't belong to her. And like, and I mean, I guess in that sense, that's the only way that this ending makes sense for me where it's like, you did get what what was deserved because like you had no idea what you were stepping into and you thought, yeah. And you thought that like, you know, just because you were a good, you know, a good person that that somehow was going to absolve you from like, you're, you're walking into something that you completely don't understand. And it happens mm-hmm. multiple times. How many houses does she walk into like at the gas station? She does it twice. Oh. I'm like, yes. stop. Like, yeah, you're gonna, you're literally going to walk into something that is bad for you. And like, mm-hmm. you deserve these negative consequences. So now I'm talking about it. I feel less bad for her, but ultimately <laughs> it makes me uncomfortable. Um, and I think that's why I kind of like the movie because it leaves me feeling uncomfortable for a horror mm. movie. But mm-hmm. yeah, I just like the actual bad taste in my mouth is that like I don't I don't like that this white woman is just inserting herself into things and like because Absolutely. like you know because of her privilege she thinks that she's just going to like be okay and and then is not and like, and, like the day and mm-hmm. yeah but like sorry you you got got ma'am. And yeah. it's and you have no one else to blame but yourself. There have been so many other, you know, barriers. Even her mm-hmm. her friend was like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna mess with that stuff." Are you nuts? And then she like pressures. She like tries to peer pressure her friend. I was like, right. "You're being a bad friend right now." Like she's telling right. you that this is not something to mess with, and you are trying to actively get her to do it. What is wrong with you? Love it. It all makes me mad. <laughs> anyway, mostly gripes. Uh, <laughs> No, I love it. Your tangents are fantastic. (laughs) You can tell me all the things. (laughs) Uh, Brian, your likes and gripes? Sure. So I saw this before (laughs) in movie theaters. I went through my... my movies, my tick movie ticket stub binder, which you can see here on YouTube. Yes. I have movie stubs since 1998 in here. Um, I saw the skeleton key uh, at 2 p.m. on Sunday, August 14th, 2005, in Auditorium One in New Jersey. Um, mm. So if you were, you know, and the, you know, that that's pretty exciting stuff. Um, oh my gosh. Uh, so that's when I saw this, and this is my second time seeing this. So here are some of my likes. Some of my likes this time um, were uh, the CD player alarm clock. Um, <laughs> loved that. Um, yes. I, I think that like some of the tension building in this is pretty good. However, I do think that it's most. Uh, I, I do think that it's kind of slow in places. I think that this mm. movie does not hold up on a rewatch because once you know the twist, it's actually pretty slow and boring at some points. 
Um, because a movie Fair. about someone trying to figure it out without like any like exciting things happening when you already know what the figuring of it out is, um, is a little boring. Cause I remember the first time I watched this, um, I didn't know what I was getting into. I really didn't know was this a haunted house movie? Was this a, you know, domestic abuse movie? I knew it was a horror movie. I knew there would probably be supernatural elements to it, especially when you take place in New Orleans and in and around mm. the area. But like the watch away this movie the the to watch the way this movie unfolds the first time you are watching it, it's actually pretty interesting. Um, but then the second viewing, everything that you two are saying, a lot of that comes through in terms of like the rules are weird. There's a lot of backstory that they're never talking about. For instance, the, you know, the looking for like we're looking for bad people. Also, they talk a lot about how they say things like they don't believe like they used to or um, it gets harder every time. Like they've only done this twice. They did this the first time when they were in the kids yep. and now they're the old versions of the kids. So they're doing it for a second time. They've only actually done the ritual like four a uh, three four times because they did it for each mm. of the kids which was one big ritual because they did the same time and now they're doing it they did it for you know the um like each individual and, yeah. yeah so like i'm just like you're talking like you do this every year but you don't like i mm. can understand you've been maybe maybe you've been looking for people for the past couple of years to switch yeah. into their bodies and stuff like that um but still like you're not like doing this all of the time um, so that's something I, something also some, that's a gripe I have, but a like, I also to go to Jamie's point, Joy Bryant, her best friend at the beginning says something like, wow, this is really changing you or something like that. And it's like, why is that a bad thing that like hospice care, like is giving her more empathy? Like, like, right. That makes me think that she was a real like jerk before she found like, a like a good place and like was understanding mm. all these things more like because <coughs> here's the here's here's why i like this movie um and why or, or at least why this movie sticks with me because because of the ending like the two of you said like the ending of this movie is what makes this movie because like you're just like oh like they frame this person as a hospice worker asking all of the right questions like we both said and then she loses in the end What's interesting, and I want to ask you, did she get what she deserves? I feel like it's an unwritten, unspoken, or spoken rule in movies where people's deaths are what they deserve. A good example of when that doesn't work is if you've ever seen Jurassic World, the uh, the Bryce Dallas Howard's assistant is like – picked up by a pterodactyl and then picked out by the pterodactyls and then flown over the like the you know the 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 water attraction and then eaten by the like giant like megalodon yeah. or whatever it is mm-hmm. and like she did not deserve that gruesome death at all and so that's why yeah. that death stands out because you're like it's not even cool the special effects are like this person did not get the way des- what they deserve that's what this movie feels like she it feels like she doesn't get what she deserves and that's like very upsetting like jamie was saying and that's why this movie sticks with me um one two um this has two of the best lines of any movie we've maybe watched this season (laughs) one my child i believe you broke my legs incredible line (laughs) great line yes yes Two, when she, when she at the end she says this to her friend who's there, the Joy Bryant character. Um, m- another great line: "Fiddlesticks! I don't know what possessed me." <laughs> that was so love, good. Love a good use of fiddlesticks. Yeah. Also, yeah. I I, there was just like this. a. Yes, I love it. There was just a lot, and I, I'd like to also break down the fact that like. The the only person that stayed also maybe they another maybe they were looking for bad people and they just like gave up because like it just like hard people don't believe anymore right. and then she had mentioned like like Nikisha mentioned that I really want to talk about is when she says like all the black ones leave or she says something like that um, mm-hmm. and it's like of course this like white woman was investigating and like trying to do her own mystery solving and like stayed like everyone else had the sense of like, I, I don't want to be involved in no. this. Um, 
Which is interesting because that's what the Joy Bryant character does, as Jamie mentioned. Like, she's like, I don't mm-hmm. want anything to do with this and backs away. And I just think it's fascinating that, like, all of these people were just like, I, I'm not I'm not being a part of whatever is going here. And forget about the spooky stuff. They may have just had better self-respect for themselves the way that the, you know, Gina Rowland's character, like, treated her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so there's that aspect of things. Um, so I like recognize all of the gripes of this movie and I like this movie, but I did not like this upon rewatch. It's a much better first watch, Mm. not knowing what you're getting into than it is a rewatch. And the only redeemable thing about this movie it to me, like in the end, walking away from it is that the ending doesn't match the rest of the movie. (laughs) Yes. I mean, that's, that's fair to say. It's it is interesting because like you guys are saying, you know, she's asking these questions and she's still not leaving. So because she's kind of being a busybody and inserting herself, it's like maybe that's why the ending was satisfying to me or why I did why I was like, yeah, I like that this is not a happy ending. Maybe because it's like she did all this stuff and she was trying to save all the people but, you know, with all the wrong ways and using tools that aren't her tools to use and because of that it's like okay well you're just feeding into everything like you're feeding into everything that they want you to do anyway because now you're believing all the stuff and all the things but of course it's it's set in new orleans and people who tend to work most with hoodoo or voodoo are you know people of color um i would guessing making that generalization so of course like they couldn't get any of the other people because even the um, person, the woman that she asked, it's like, that should have been your first sign of saying, oh, okay, I need mm. to get the fuck out of there. Because the the previous uh, caretaker was just saying, yeah, there's something wrong in that house. Like, they do this and you need to not be a part of it. That's actually the second warning that she got because her friend yeah. said it the first time too. Like, please leave. What's also interesting is, so the person has to believe in hoodoo, right, for this to work. Mm-hmm. Totally, I, 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 I actually really like that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. People who are already familiar with hoodoo potentially are more, even though they believe, they're more quick to be like, oh, you're messing with hoodoo? Like, I'm out of here. Whereas right. someone who doesn't know hoodoo and she's learned the difference between hoodoo and voodoo and, you know, the hoodoo that you do, like all of that <laughs> stuff. Yes. Um, like, so she's kind of learning about it and, and like, and, and I feel like the Gina Rollins character, like the, the, the brother and sister characters, you have more of a chance of teaching someone about hoodoo and voodoo and like getting them to believe in it slowly versus someone who knows about it up front. And is like, Oh, I want like my grandmother practiced this, or I know this story right. in a laundromat. Like I'm not dealing with this at all. You know what I mean? Exactly. I feel like they had a better shot with her. Also, a like that I didn't mention is this movie really made me want to go back to New Orleans. Absolutely. I love it. Great there. food, great music. It's it's a wonderful, wonderful Spooky place. Spooky history to is awesome. The ghost tours and like graveyard tours, it's like the best. It's good stuff. Oh, so uh, good. We did all of that when we were down there. It was like the best. Yeah. Oh man, I we should we should do a talking horror trip down to New Orleans. To Nolens. Yeah, that's only like an hour and a half from my hometown, too. So it's fun times. I'm oh, game roller right. game. Yeah. Just all up in the Gulf. Uh, fantastic. So let's get into our next section Brains. But, <laughs> Jamie, you've already like mentioned this. And so I just want you to kind of uh, elaborate a little bit even though you probably have already elaborated on this, but it's just so funny you mentioned it in your likes and gripes. But my question was, is it healthy for Kate Hudson's character to deal with the trauma of not helping her dad by helping other people? Or would it have been better for her to just be in therapy and process it in that way? That's a great question. already said it, but say it again. (laughs) I have have a lot of thoughts on it. I think Mm -hmm. like, there is like part of it is, you know, how can, how can working through 
your past trauma, like in a therapeutic space, like help, like help in a lot of different ways. But mm. I mean, I don't think that what she's doing is inherently bad, like her actions, but like the way in which she is attaching herself to these individuals is probably not healthy. And like, because the, the consequence of that is like, she's acting and, and maybe they were acting this way, but I didn't get this sense. I got the sense that like the facility that she was working at the like hosp, I think it was a hospice in the beginning. Um, you know, like they, maybe they have compassion fatigue because like they're working, they're, they're helping professionals and they're working with people who like, you know, if it's a hospice, people who are dying and that can be Mm -hmm. like really difficult to do day in and day out and does affect how you might relate to that work. So maybe she's seeing other people who are struggling with compassion fatigue, with mm. with burnout, with secondary trauma. These are all things that like a lot of folks who who work with other people who are experiencing like a lot of really intense things like death and dying constantly struggle with. And so maybe she's witnessing that through some of her colleagues, but like her perception of how they're treating this person who died is that like, like he's a piece of trash and they're throwing his, his stuff out because he's a piece of trash. And it's like, that's not like, if you understand what the, the purpose of hospice is like, that's not what's happening. And so like Mm. her perception of what's going on, I feel like is skewed because she hasn't fully processed like the loss of her father in a way Mm. that, you know, would allow her to like be potentially better able to deal with this. But it's like, then you have to wonder why would somebody choose this particular field and not it's, it's again, it's not always like a bad thing that like I experienced this type of grief. Therefore I want to help people who are grieving or who are like, yeah. who are dying or whatever, whatever like path you choose. Like, I don't think that that's like, I will share that like my own experiences as a child in therapy really led to my desire to want to be a child therapist. And then I mixed the child part and stuck with just adult people. Um, But like, you know, does that then mean that like, because I went to therapy that I shouldn't be a therapist? No, I think it's just like, you know, learning about yourself, having self-awareness, like using therapy Mm -hmm. to have more insight into like who you are, and, and what drives you in your passions and figure out from there, like, okay, why are you choosing this path? Like, is it to yeah. fix or undo something in your past? Or like, you know, are there other things going on here that, um, you know, might be, I don't want to say like better or worse, but just like not as potentially detrimental to your own mental health and well-being. Um Absolutely. So, so yeah, I don't think that it is an inherently bad decision for her career choice because she wants to be a nurse eventually, which I'm just like, I don't know how you're going to handle being a nurse if like you can barely (laughs) handle what's going on here. Um, Because again, like it's just really heavy, intense work that you're planning to go into and Mm -hmm. you like there, there obviously like the, there's humanity in the work, but there are also a lot of people who have been doing this heavy type of work for a very long time. And you might be seeing Mm -hmm. those people who like are having a harder time with it, but you know, also like the system itself is, is taking care of people and that's going to be really intense. So like, hopefully you can figure out ways where you are taking care of yourself in order to take care of all of these other people. And it does not quite seem like she has gotten there. Yes, absolutely. That's the thing. It's like you can't kind of cover up your unprocessed stuff, like you said, by just saying, oh, okay, because I couldn't help this person now, I'm just going to help try to help all these people. Especially, like you said, because she's working in hospice care. So we, you already know what the end result is going to be. And you, it takes a special type of human being to be okay with dealing with death like that. And that is, and, and you know, that all essentially all of the people that you're coming in contact with are going to pass on. And when Mm -hmm. you are trying to, like, it feels like she's just kind of covering up her, her wounds, like, not even with a Band-Aid, like something else is not helpful. <laughs> and so yeah. like, it can't, she can't heal herself, which is like, okay, that's why she's helping 
this guy so much. It also reminds me again of uh, Get Out when Chris like goes back for the uh, yeah. lady, and it's like because he didn't help his mom, and it's like okay, but how can we I think- healthily process this and not just kind of cover it up? You know, didn't we? I think one of the reasons we wanted to do this movie is because um, I think we someone suggested it as like a. a oh, maybe a I did. Get out! Like this is a very. I feel like this is oh, absolutely so, yeah. a good get out two pack. Even though like get out is obviously yeah. like. I mean, the quality aside, just like thematic yes. elements and stuff like that. I I feel like this is a very interesting two pack with that. Hmm. Yeah, because and then we've talked about this before, Jamie, just about, you know, there's there are multiple ways to deal with trauma. So it's like, I mean, I like that you said that it's not that she shouldn't work in this profession because of what happened. But what are your actual reasons for doing for doing the thing? And Mm -hmm. with this, it just seems like she was so head first. Huh? It's like, no, just like, how did we get here? Like. Yeah, like you're the decisions that you're making are driven by like, I think more selfish things and and not it's it's like kind of about him. But also it's like, why are you so connected to him? Yeah. And that's that's like the underlying of like what's really going on here? Because then it's like, oh, I mean, it can't it it seems like it could be a little bit selfish because she's trying to feel better about not being able to take care of her dad because of whatever reason. I think they said maybe because they were like not in good communication with each other or something. And so it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, because I was being shitty towards my dad, let me try to do all this so that I can kind of feel better about myself in a sense. But yeah, it was very just kind of like headstrong, which again, I feel like is why the ending is good and why I like it. And maybe I just didn't realize it until you guys said it, but (laughs) She got what she deserved. <laughs> yeah, that's possible. <laughs> no, I, I think I I think that the movie frames her obviously as the protagonist doing mm-hmm. good. Like it's it's one of those like the problem is you introduce her as somebody who is a, a nurse hospice worker who doesn't want to work in the system anymore because people are literally being thrown out and thrown to the side. And so yeah. she like she's doing this good service and this good deed to like work with individuals and like do all of that. Then we see all that stuff, but they set her up as this like positive heroine type character. And then, mm-hmm. and then you kind of have to read between the lines of like her actions for it to be like, well, maybe she's just like, she's just this entitled white person like in, but she, <laughs> but also it's interesting because she thinks that she is working for, white people when in essence mm. she's actually working for black people in white people's skins and so like something else i'm wondering is <laughs> but something else and, and this is i guess it's an brain's question like if you mm. are you, these so these two were servants who also um those recordings creepy i don't like creepy recordings in movies i mean yeah. i love them because they're creepy but that's yeah, a that's a like and a gripe um uh <laughs> So my question for Jamie is, if you're, you know, servants, black servants in, in the South, and then you switch into the white bodies with full, um, you know, you're fully lucid and all of that stuff, like, but you live your entire life as a white person, essentially, like, I guess I don't know what question I'm asking, but like, that's got to happen. Yeah, I don't like, know if I have any answers for I mean, you. I guess it's just for the group. Like, this, yeah. this would have a huge impact on, like, how you function, how you go about your life. How you Do, talk to people. How, yes. Yeah. Do you keep that uh, anger inside of you? Or do you, like... You know what I mean? Like, like, do you do you kind of release some of that anger because, like, you're living a very different life? Do you gain more mm. anger because you wish you had lived a certain different life? Like, in the South, like, mm. there's just, like, so much happening that is never touched upon in this movie. You just assume yes. that they've been, like, isolated from people for a very long time. They still use words like right. fiddlesticks and stuff like <laughs> that. You know what I mean? Like, they clearly don't get out of the house much. 
I, I don't know. It's 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 and then they say they That's bought it point. from the children from beforehand, but they actually are mm-hmm. obviously like right. But people must have like seen these people grow up. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. then I guess I don't. Th- the history of those two growing up, there's like a lot of detail missing there that I kind of need to yeah. like keep buying into it. Um, but just mm. the concept of these black servants growing up in also like these are adults, like they have to go through puberty again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. anyway, oh, that's a yeah. great point. Also, <laughs> also those bodies were banging because like, yeah, because they were. The, the the adults were lovers and now they're in the bodies of of siblings and uh-huh. and they're oh. and but everyone thinks that they're a married couple so you it's know what i mean married. it's yeah gross. it's all weird i don't like this now i just thought of oh this in the gosh. moment that is yeah i was wow. thinking about that too i was thinking about that too wow. i was like if they're going into these siblings, like what is, do they reference like the, they reference children, but I guess there was never any actual other children other than the original children that they go into. So like they didn't create any offspring. No, but what if they did? What There are skeleton key sequels. I have no idea what those are about. Yeah. I have no idea. I didn't know there were sequels. Yeah. It has to not deal (laughs) with, with that. But now I want a prequel because I want to know how they grew up after. Because what they they mentioned, um, the the kids left in the house. But like, what happened to the parent parents? Like when they first get into the kids' bodies, did they mention like? Yeah, what? they do. Um, uh, the father the father killed his wife. I I believe. Oh, I don't okay, know okay, if okay. he also commits suicide. Um, but I yes. know that he killed his wife. Okay. So maybe that happened. I mean, they did some hoodoo to make that happen. And so now there's like nobody around, but it's also like if these kids, like w- what age were they? Because if these were still kids, like where's the adult that says, Oh, these kids are orphaned now. Like let's go and put them into a family. It's like now on a whole, a whole prequel to all of this, just to know what the deal is. <laughs> Yeah, but Brian, I, do you, I, no, Jamie's like, nah. I have no <laughs> I'm idea. This up. I don't like, need it. I forget. I forget <laughs> what they said. Um, um, I'm. Yeah, they say that whom um, they conducting a ritual with the owner's two children, from whom Violet and Ben later bought the house from. Um, no mirrors mm. because they see the reflections of Cecile and justify in them. I'm trying to remember what they said happened to the parent like I, like did the aunt watch them i forget who watched the kids from them and i, I don't remember what yeah. they said i don't know but this reminds me you talking about all this brian just like black people and white people bodies just reminds me of lovecraft uh country oh, yeah. country. and that whole thing because in you saying that it just made me it made me think of that show and when what is what was her name ruby i think she gets into the white woman's body and she's like living her best life like she's taking advantage of the privilege the same totally yeah but but also keeping her same anger and she's like enacting essentially revenge on the people who were treating her bad when she was a black woman so Mm -hmm. i feel like that probably would be the case with anyone if they you know went into the bodies and also it's like were if if they wanted to live forever it's like why did you choose these kids bodies like if you wanted to be in a black person's but like why didn't you just choose black people then you didn't have to like deal with all the rest of this i don't know i mean i don't know it that seemed like a choice of convenience and not like mm, there was no other okay. <clears throat> reason why i i think that they did that other than like those yeah. kids were there. Also, they were kids. So like they're younger. So right. the the yeah. being let's say it didn't work out because this was the first time that they did it, or like mm-hmm. they could only do it once. At least they then had like a whole nother life, like a lifetime yeah. that they could, you know, continue to live on if they weren't able to like replicate it again. Right. Oh, that's just so yeah. 
now, now, now I have more questions. Than- yeah, no, <laughs> we gotta, <laughs> we gotta talk it out. Cause it, it oh definitely poses lots of questions. Yeah. But it is, it is interesting though. Just thinking about that concept of what Brian initially said of, of how would you act in certain situations? And of course we all know how the system works. So of course, take advantage of the, the privilege that you have. And then with that mm-hmm. said, why would you want to give that up and say, uh, you know, oh, I want to, I wanted a black one. Like why, honestly, why, why would you, why would you, why would you, you, you have all the privilege and the, and the things and the stuff. And then like, just go into this other younger white woman's body and like, keep taking advantage of the privilege. I mean, just saying, you know, <laughs> I, I also want to say that like changing, shifting gears just a little bit. I, I also mm. want to talk about like the fact that this movie is called the skeleton key. And mm. then like, the idea of like, first of all, it's about manipulation. Like she gives her the skeleton key so that she's doing her own investigation and she's opening mm-hmm. the doors herself. And she's like figuring it out for herself, really giving her free range of the property that she's already like breaking into on her own. But, um, <laughs> you know, like I think that that's interesting if this is called the skeleton key and not like hoodoo mystery or like something more like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 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 something more direct. I kind of like that. It is called the skeleton key. Um, in, in well, yeah, that, it in can that get sense. into anything and they can essentially get into anybody that they want. If they so choose. literally, literally. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, I mean, yeah, the, the skeleton key makes sense. Any other things yeah. for mm, brains, human behavior. Now that we've opened up all huge can of worms of now. I know. <laughs> And we we did we done ourselves dirty. <laughs> we all just um, participated in Brian's parlor talk. Like that's that's what just we're all guilty. Oh, I know. Now we're, we're all, all guilty, guilty of parlor talk. I'll put that in here. <laughs> Come sit, have a drink. It's parlor talk. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, let's Rotten Tomatoes this move. All right. What do you think the Rotten Tomato score is for this movie? Nikita, why don't you start? I'm going to say 65. All right. Jamie, what do you think the Rotten Tomato score is for for this? I'm going to guess 49. Nice. Okay. It has a 37. (gasps) (laughs) The audience score is higher at 58. Uh, okay. Critic consensus is thanks to its creaky and formulaic script, the skeleton key is more mumbo jumbo than hoodoo and more <laughs> dull than scary. Maybe mumbo they jumbo. Said something else. I do. I don't. Yeah, it sounds okay. like it, it literally sounds like an old white southern person. Like, that's mumbo jumbo. <laughs> that hoodoo is mumbo jumbo. Oh. <laughs> uh. I mean, yeah. If you watch it for the first time, though, I think, like we said, you you can have a good time out of out of watching it the first time. Maybe. Yeah, Jamie's like I had a nah. great time watching this. Movie. I, I I like this movie. I think it's fun. It's not great, um, but definitely, yeah, but Nikisha, you're right. First time watches are way better on this one, like than even knowing what the twist is and following along on the second time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I dig it. All right, let's yeah. do some four S's for this. The four yeses. S's. Yes. Skull, scare, shakes, and suggestions. The talking horns, four S's. <laughs> All right. The four S's are skulls, scares, shakes, and suggestions. Uh, we are going to rank all these one through ten, and then suggestions is what would you buy in a Walmart two-pack. Um Nikisha, let's start with you. Um, how would you rate this yes. on skulls, which is mental health and human behavior? Yeah, I gave it a five, and I'll stick with my five because at the beginning, I, she was asking some good questions, even though it was to her detriment and she didn't follow through with leaving. I still mm-hmm. was like, yeah, good for you for asking the questions. Um, scares is a one. It was nothing about this was scary to me. And shakes is a three. Um, mostly cause I had a, a good time and this was just like a fun, 
uh, low stakes horror movie that I would suggest to someone who's uh, doesn't want to be super scared, but have a good time. Sure. Jamie, what are your numbers? Um, for skulls, I gave this a two because I feel like the choices being made are just plain ridiculous. Um, for scares, I actually gave this a four again because like the ending just like really bothers me and makes me feel annoyed and unsettled and disappointed. Mm. Um, but like, yeah, it's not really, the jump scares are like (laughs) really bad. Um, maybe I was scared as a kid, but like they don't hold up. Um, and for shakes, I also gave it a four also for the same reason that like this ending just like is so unsatisfying that I, (laughs) I can't like purge it. Like I just feel annoyed and gross. And you'll remember it (laughs) because you feel annoyed and and I will remember it. Yes. All right. Um, I gave this a five on skulls because I think it's trying to do things. Some things it does interestingly well, like the idea that like how she's manipulated into believe all of this, I think is, is, Mm -hmm. is actually pretty well done in this movie, but she also makes bad decisions. Um, scares. I put this out of four as well. Um, there were some jump scares. It was, there was some freaky deaky stuff in this. Uh, and also like the, the video, the, um, the record don't like that. Um, the monograph. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, Oh, also, sorry. I did forget it. Ha- if, if, if they can't cross the red brick, how did he get mm. into the gas station? They show that scene where he's like afraid to cross the line. And then the next scene he's in the gas station with her. I forgot about yeah. that. That's, that's okay. Um, and then, uh, shakes, <laughs> I'm putting this at a six because the ending makes me remember this movie like a lot. I think about this movie a lot because of the ending and how like unsettling and sad it is. Okay. I can Um, buy it. Cool. I also am looking, I don't think this has any sequels. Um, (laughs) You lied, Brian. Yeah. I think I was thinking of, um, oh no, there is. No, I lied. The skeleton. Oh, okay. Right, that's what I was thinking. But the skeleton key yeah. to six six seven neighbor of the beast. Um, Excuse me. And then there's what? skeleton key three part two. I don't. I don't know if these are related. Uh, mm, I, I don't I'm know. Anyway, it's called. It's all. Oh, it's called skeleton key, not the skeleton key. Or no, it is the skeleton key. I don't oh know. Any, anyone <laughs> listening to this, let me know if the skeleton key. I just went down a skeleton key rabbit hole in my own brain. Yes. You just saw my brain break immediately. Oh, um, I love that. Oh, my gosh. Um, yes. Yes, it's uh, yes. Anyway, suggestions. Let's go into suggestions. Forget what wow. I said. Wow. That was great. <laughs> wow. Um, oh, boy. Only because we've been talking about it. I mean, and we, and Brian said it too. It's like, get out. It's a good parallel. But also, if you like New Orleans voodoo and magic tree, watch um, American Horror Story Coven. Oh, yeah. Good season. one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Jamie, what about you? Um, so I have two. Um, the first one is another movie where there is a skeptic exposed to a lot of spooky things happening, and that mm. is 1408. No, you stole mine! Oh, but, no! But my reasoning was <laughs> there's a key on the poster. Oh, my God. <laughs> Come on! Uh, try a little harder, man! Woo! All right, now yes. I don't feel bad that I see yours. Because um, there's a key. Yeah, boo. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another one that I have because I feel like people don't make great decisions while they're also like unraveling a, a mystery um, yeah. is Dead Silence. Oh, yes. That, yes. <laughs> God awful decisioning. Yes. <sighs> well, then I'm going with that. Insidious, The Last Key. Oh, yes. Jeez. Just because it has the I word key. I saw that movie. We're, just, when the, I mean, no. When the next one comes out next year, we're one hundred percent doing an Insidious series. There's oh my god! Yeah, Nikisha, they are making a fifth one. It's the directorial debut of the Patrick Wilson, and all of them are returning: Rose Byrne, 
and Patrick Wilson and the kid. Oh, maybe I did know that. Because, okay, so Patrick Wilson has not directed anything aside from, Mm -hmm. so this will be, okay. So maybe I did hear that because Mm -hmm. of him directing it. Very excited. I think I watched the first three, maybe not the fourth one, but yes. That's the key one. Cool. That's the key one. Great. Well, uh, that wraps up our episode of All of the Keys, Magic Keys, uh, <laughs> around. <laughs> you can follow us on all the social media, Talk Horror Pod, on the Instagram and the Twitter and the TikTok and the YouTubes so you can see our faces. Hi. And all of our facial expressions as Brian's brain breaks and as Jamie goes into oh, uh, yeah. a beautiful tangent. <laughs> It's fun time. (laughs) So follow us on there. Um, Brian, where can they listen to us? Sure. You can listen to us wherever you find podcasts like Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify. Um, And on all of those, please rate and review us. Five stars, please. And thank you. And especially if you really, really like this podcast, or even if you're just like mildly entertained by us, the um, <laughs> they really help all of the reviews to for other people to find us. You know, we're doing something a little bit different than all a lot of than all other um, horror podcasts out there. So um, definitely would love to um, get your help and uh, and spreading the love uh, by reviewing us. So thank you. Spread the love. Brian, what should we end with? You don't have any. Well, what, yeah, give me your give me your quote. <laughs> my child, I believe you broke my legs. <laughs> I I like fully cackled in that moment. I couldn't stop laughing. Yeah, it what gets a line every time. Wow, you did it twice. Um, Just twice, and then of course fiddlesticks. I don't know what possessed me. <laughs> Just good old Southern grammatics right there. It's a fun time. Oh, so good. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.